one. Good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Digital Marketing Podcast and video series where we talk about digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. Today on the show, I am pumped to have a special guest, Anthony Blattner from Speedwork Social. Welcome, Anthony. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. Glad to be here. Right on, right on. So you are the founder and chief marketing officer of Speedwork Social. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of the last uh, couple of years of you know how you got going with this and and what are you guys really you know chasing after right now? Yeah, so we're we're a LinkedIn ads agency, and that's all we focus on is doing LinkedIn advertising. So working with B two B companies, largely the tech, software, and professional services spaces, but have worked with a whole wide variety of industries. Um, and the way that I got here was uh, my kind of coming at it from the tech space, from the software world, where I started uh, at IBM developing big e-commerce stores and learned a lot there and eventually spun off to start my own mobile app development agency. And the core of it is at that mobile app agency, we built a lot of software for a wide variety of companies and some would build an app and do very well with a good marketing plan, go viral, get funding, get acquired. Um, but then we had several other clients who built just as good of an app, but without a good marketing plan behind it, it would just sit on the app store and kind of die. So seeing the need for helping people market their products and services after they've created them, um, we naturally got pulled into helping them with that marketing. So uh, that's been my focus for the last several years now is focusing on marketing and um, while I do work a lot in the tech and software space, we do have a wide variety of industries that we serve, but basically helping people, once they've created a great product or service, get it out there to the market and get in front of other uh, B2B buyers. Nice. I like that, Anthony. So, you know, I can imagine you you guys are, you know, you, you have to obviously be asked, you know, what what is the difference between, you know, the 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 all the different platforms that are out there. And today's topic, we're going to dive into really these really tangible, practical, these six steps of how to scale your LinkedIn marketing strategy. So we're going to kind of break this up into, into two segments. But the first one we're going to have to talk about and address, it's almost the, you know, Godzilla versus King Kong, right? It's Facebook, it's LinkedIn. And and how do these things like I don't know if you saw uh, Kong and, and Godzilla, which is you know out right now. Uh, you know, at the end of the show, spoiler alert, uh, they work together to fight a mechanical uh, Godzilla. So anyway, um, how how do you approach this um, sort of these two juggernauts when it comes to digital ads because they're both effective? Um, where do you start with that? Yeah. So they, they're very similar in a lot of ways, but also when it gets into the nuance of campaigns, there's a lot that's different between them. Um, and overall, we do see, you know, Facebook's a very advanced platform and it's obviously the biggest platform. So we do see LinkedIn does tend to follow Facebook in a lot of ways where like recent features that have come out um, are now coming out to LinkedIn or come out to LinkedIn recently. So. Um, just for a couple of examples is like LinkedIn Stories or LinkedIn Live. Like these have been around for Facebook and Instagram forever, but uh, they're relatively new for LinkedIn. 
So in a couple ways, you know, these platforms are very similar and they follow each other. Um, but then also as you get into some of the specifics on how the you know, how the platform works and what works well on the platform, uh, we do see some nuanced details that makes um, a big difference in your campaigns. And number one is as you dig into, as you get started creating a campaign on LinkedIn, you know, if you're coming from the Facebook world, um, when you set up your Facebook campaigns, you usually give it a big audience. You rely on the algorithm to go find the best person who's most likely to convert and then do that optimization for you to focus in on that, you know, who, who, who in your audience is converting and get you more of those people. So Facebook's a lot about give it a big audience and then let the algorithm do it for you. Uh, on LinkedIn, we actually flip that and we want to be as specific as possible because we have a lot of those targeting options just available to us on LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is a good platform for the professional world, and if you need those professional targeting options, Facebook is great for B2C, and when you have big audiences, that's where Facebook's great. Uh, LinkedIn's great is when you want to target a niche decision maker at scale. You know, very often we're using a job title, a company industry, and a company size. Say you want to target you know, finance directors at insurance companies, at, at the top, largest insurance companies. That's what you can do on LinkedIn, whereas those people are very hard to find on Facebook. Or if you wanted you know, HR directors at marketing companies that are startup. You know, sure, a lot of people are on Facebook, but some of these roles are getting a lot more into a needle in the haystack on Facebook and very hard to find, whereas on LinkedIn, we have all those targeting options available. We can target those people. Now, on LinkedIn, you're usually paying for every click. Whereas on Facebook, you're paying for every impression. So on LinkedIn, we don't we want to eliminate as many irrelevant clicks as possible. And we do that by being very specific in, in our targeting. So you know, on Facebook, we give it a big audience and let the algorithm do it for you. On LinkedIn, we give it a very small audience, but you know, just who we want to target so that we don't have any unnecessary clicks. Um, LinkedIn does tend to be a more expensive platform than Facebook, whereas on LinkedIn you're usually going to pay about eight to twelve bucks per click on average for a middle level or upper level person. Um, the higher you go, the more expensive and competitive that audience is. But um, you know, because LinkedIn is a lot more expensive, you don't want to be paying ten bucks for clicks that aren't going to convert or clicks that aren't really who you want to target. So be very specific on who you want to target. Um, the next thing is uh, as you set up your LinkedIn campaign. There are a lot of expensive people on LinkedIn, so you don't want to just set it to auto bid because you could have a $50 click that you didn't really want, and the algorithm is just going out there and you know testing it out to different audiences. So switch it. Uh, I recommend starting by switching it over to manual bid and then bidding on the low end. Uh, usually we bid start by bidding about 20% over the minimum, uh, and then you know that's a good starting point. And then you can test out how your you know how your performance is versus your budget. And you can decide whether you want to increase that or decrease that going forward. Um, so that's bidding. Uh, and then third important thing is creative. So on so getting into like the you know you pay for every impression on Facebook, we see people are usually uh, curiosity invoking and they're creative, or they're trying they're drawing in the viewer or drawing in the click because you're paying for every impression. So you want to get as many of those people into your funnel as possible. Uh, on LinkedIn, when you're paying for every click, you want to eliminate any untargeted clicks. So in our creative, our messaging, our copy, our images, we're very direct on who it is that this is for and what it is that we're offering. So um, you know, we're, we're clear on whether you're signing up for something for a call or you're clear if you're downloading something, a PDF, 
so that you know if someone's clicking, you want to make sure that they're going to convert and submit that in the next step. Yeah, I like that, Anthony. And I think if we go back to point number one, uh, and for those of you who are taking notes, point number one was targeting the the comparisons between the two platforms. Number two is bidding concept. And number three is creative. If we go back to number one for a minute and we talk about, you know, your your targeting options, you know, I remember back in the day, we used to could put job title in in the Facebook targeting creatives, but they pulled that out and they've been constantly pulling out targeting specifics um, to where you really were relying upon, you know, interests and you could kind of tie interests into job titles. Like, you know, there would be a, a correlation between either an existing page or, you know, if you were trying to get, you know, I don't know, engineers or something, you know, you would pick interests, you know, like, engineer journal or some some content that was already on popular so you would have to go that route but what you're saying is with linkedin those very specific targeting attributes job title you know um you know what what are some of those very specific things that you can target besides title to to help you go super focused instead of being very wide yeah so one of the one of the best things is as you get more specific in your audience uh taking it to the next level by adding in skills and groups targeting so for example you know say you had you had different courses that you were selling online and maybe you want to target java developer so it might be the software engineer job title but then the java skill below that to say you know this is a course for java developers and advertise to them and then you could have a different course that you're selling to php developers and then you would target the php skill on that side um, and then when skills when there might not be skills or, or just another facet is using groups so people join group on linkedin so um, that's a good indication of what someone's interested in whether it's um, you know directly involved in their job or something that they're researching Groups are good and they also indicate that someone's more active on LinkedIn because they've gone out there and they've joined a group. Um, and then on kind of what you're saying as far as like, you know, job title targeting on other platforms, um, you know, a lot of social media is with your family and friends and you don't necessarily focus on your professional career as much, just not what people do. They're more on Facebook to share pictures, you know, talk with friends, talk with family. Um, so you're more talking about, you know, what you're doing this weekend or events you're going to. There's a little bit of professional stuff, but not a ton. And you know, some people do put their job into into Facebook. Um, but I'd say, you know, as I think about older people that I know, or just like you know, upper level people, they're they're more on it for their family and friends, and they're not necessarily putting all their jobs on there. Whereas on LinkedIn, you know, for especially for the professional audience, people are listing upper level people are listing boards that they're a part of, or places they volunteer, um, startups they have on the side their main day job listed on there. Uh, and a lot of that people don't put on, on Facebook, they might just put one or two things, but on LinkedIn people list all the things they're involved in. And we always say, you know, LinkedIn's like the first place people update when they change their job or get a promotion because that's just where people update it. That's where it's common to do. Right, right, I love that. You know, as we, um, you talk about uh, in number two, bidding concepts, really understanding that you want to eliminate ad waste. You don't want to pay $10 uh, 
and have the wrong person click on your ad. So what are what are some things that you can do to to really try to minimize that? Yeah. And I feel like I've also heard this story a lot in the Google world where mm -hmm. like certain keywords on Google are just known for being like insanely expensive. Like anything in professional industry or, or personal injury uh, is known for being expensive. And then I used to be in the mobile app world and anything related to mobile apps is like insanely expensive. Like. 50 or a hundred dollars a click that the expense is crazy. Um, you know, on LinkedIn as well. Sure. There's like, there's, you know, some, sometimes you look at a campaign and people want to target CEOs at fortune 500 companies. Well, there's only 500 of them and they're going to be very expensive. <laughs> people, you might pay 50 bucks or more for a click. Wow. Um, you just leave your campaign set to auto bid. You know, it, it's not likely that if depending on your targeting, the LinkedIn is just going to go find a random person that's extremely expensive, but it is possible and you'll see your CPC is usually sort of skew a lot higher with auto bid. Whereas, um, you know, on LinkedIn, when you switch to manual bid, so, you know, recommend starting with manual bid, bid low. And, you know, so, you know, then the next question is like, okay, then am I targeting less, you know, lower people, you know, less quality people because of that? And we see that lead quality holds with lower bids. Um, and if you have, do have lead quality issues, look at your targeting and see if there's job titles that, um, you know, when you put job titles in there, LinkedIn does some guessing. So are you putting in a job title that is there something very closely related that is not a good fit that you want to exclude? You know, keep an eye on your leads coming through so that you can exclude any that aren't a good fit. Um, and then just being, you know, being conscious of the job titles you're typing in there, don't just give it every job title that you could possibly serve, but again, be very specific on who you want to target. Nice. And you know, the third thing that I'm thinking when you talk about creative, um, you know, there is some, some validity in leveraging data from Facebook or, you know, from your website, Google analytics to identify what do the masses, what are they telling you by their behavior, clicks, views, impressions of creative that you have produced that's responded well i know we've we've launched campaigns with you know 50 or 60 pieces of creative on the facebook side and you know there are always the top five six seven pieces of creative that are just blowing the doors off of everything else right and so i think you can take that data and at least better inform yourself when you're going to go to a platform even though the targeting and the bidding is different, you can at least lead with your best stuff, not that you think is your best stuff, but that the market has said, yeah, I'm clicking or I'm reading or I'm commenting or I'm sharing, you know, they've, they've shown that. All right, so we, we've, we've talked about targeting, we've talked about bidding, we've talked about the creative, we actually got someone to click. We paid the $8 or the $10, the $50. Now what? So next is is uh, thinking about what is it that they're clicking on and what is the offer that you're putting in those ads. Um, and we find that the best, you know, the best offers are ones that are focused on your customer. So a lot of our lead lead generation campaigns use um, a content offer that we call a lead magnet, and that's gonna be that's gonna be promoting a piece of content to your target audience but basically offering them something that they're going to be interested in that gives them a reason to sign up and enter your formula. We see a lot of people, you know, 
a lot of bad ads out there are ones where like, here's our product or sign up now, but you've never heard of them before. You don't have any reason to sign up for what they're offering. Those ads that are too direct and too about you are going to get a much lower click-through rate and a much higher cost per lead. And we see it, the math works out a lot better if you do a content offer and get people, those people into your funnel and then follow up with them uh, from there. So what we recommend for lead magnets, there's a lot of work that goes into the strategy, but if you think of the average person and the average company, you know, the average company, unless you're a mainstream brand, that most people have not heard about you. So anything that includes your company name or your features isn't really interesting to, to the average person out there. So Wait a minute, are you telling me this ad is not all about me, my great brand? <laughs> I mean, you can have a good, good design and a cute logo, but um, you know, past that, people aren't really interested unless what's in it for them. Right, right. So, you know, people probably heard this a million times in the marketing world, but you know, basically, lead magnets do the best, and it's because. And the strategy for choosing your lead magnet is think of your target audience. What is a problem that they have that's top of mind for them? Um, that that is an idea for the topic of your lead magnet, and you know. Talking about the problems or opportunities that somebody has that they're already thinking about, that's what's going to grab their attention, not anything about your company or your brand. Um, so what you do with that lead magnet is, you know, obviously talk about whatever it is, the problem or opportunity that you're addressing, and then if it's something that you serve, you position your brand as a solution to that problem, and then that is the lead-in for them becoming a prospect for your company. Um, the best formats tend to be quick and easy uh, downloadables or easily digestible downloadables. So we see checklists do very well, um, case studies, usually between one to three pages where somebody can download something, read it, uh, and then learn something, and then they become familiar with their brand, and then they then having a clear call to action in there, what the next step is, you know, the next step most people take is sign up for a free trial uh, for the software that does exactly what you need help with. Boom, people click on that, they start your free trial, and then you, know, you have somebody in your funnel there. Um, so yeah, quick and easy downloadables. If it's too long, you know, if someone opens a 50 page PDF, they're like, Oh, I'll come back to this later. Or just like, Oh, I'm not going to bother reading this. Like I'll look at the first three pages and that's it. Um, so quick and easy, you know, digestible downloadable to the best. So checklists and case studies we like to use, uh, and case studies it's because if someone's signing up to receive a case study, it's because they're interested in what that end result is that you're promoting in your case study. And obviously that's something that you're helping your customer get. So if they're interested in that, they are prospect or customer for you as well. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot around lead magnet strategy, but we see content offers you the best um, and, and look at using one of those in your funnel. Yeah, I like that, Anthony. I think that, you know, number one, don't make the mistake uh, you know, of, of making it all about you, what you should do is, is demonstrate that you really do understand the pain point that, that your, uh, that your customer or prospect really has and, and sort of reverse engineer your way into, you know, that, that content, uh, marketing, which is sort of that next piece, right? You know, I think the one exercise that a lot of marketers um, are starting to get better at um, to be able to get inside of the head of their, you know, audience when it comes to understanding their pain point is the practice of reading comments, just reading comment after comment after comment, looking at your competitors, 
uh, content and the comments that are there or or initiating, you know, literally creating a piece of content with the sole purpose, no clicks, no shares. You're just saying, what are you struggling with? Tell us in the comments. Like the whole purpose is to get comments, right? I really feel like that is beginning. People are starting to get a hold of that as it's this sort of free, you know, focus group where you can gain data from these very specific people you know, that you're trying to reach. Um, and man, it just gives you this gold mine of, you know, words and adjectives that they describe their frustration and their pain point. So I love that. And I love the, the, the example. Oh, go ahead. You got a thought there. It's like how on Facebook, you can see any ads that any pages running on LinkedIn. You can also see pages ads that any other pages running. So one of my favorite things is go to competitive research and look at similar offerings in the market or competitors and see what ads that they're running. Uh, what you do is you go to the pay company page and then there's a posts button You click on that. And then underneath will show up, um, the types of posts. The last one will be ads. Click on that and I'll show you the ad that the page. Is oh, you, you're, you're revealing top secrets, man. I love it. <laughs> if you think about running ads, go look at what your competitors are running and like, nice. Uh, right to look at the trends of like, do they have a specific piece of content that they're using? Uh, is there a wording that you're seeing showing up a lot? Because as you analyze the trends, you know, people are only going to continue running things that it's working well for them for the most part. So if you see trends throughout several competitors or even a lot of ads with a trend from a company, you can probably guess like that's probably doing well for them. Uh, and then you can learn something like that before you create your campaign. Anthony, I love it. Hey, let's talk real quick about the LinkedIn lead form itself. What are, what are some do's and don'ts with that? Yeah. So the LinkedIn lead form, um, we recommend keep it short and grab you know, grab just what you need. One of my favorite things to ask for is LinkedIn profile URL because people are usually open to sharing that. And then once you have someone's profile URL, you can go look up what their job title is and company name is and stuff like that and get more information about them and send them a connection request if you want to. Um, but keep the form short. Uh, and then not really any like secrets to it, but kind of in with what I've said about being direct and clear on what you're offering, when they click and open that lead form, that headline in the lead form should not be a surprise or anything different than what they've seen in their original ad. Um, because once they click on that ad and open up that lead form, you've paid for that click. So you want to maximize your submission rate at that point to maximize, you know, to, to optimize your cost per lead. So usually our messaging from the lead form to the ad itself is very similar. So that continuity, there's no reason for somebody not to submit it after the click. I got you. Now, what, are, what do you see as far as you know, that that LinkedIn form versus getting them to to click on a link and go off platform. Are there differences in conversion of on platform versus off? What are, what are you guys seeing there? Yeah, so pretty much across the board, LinkedIn lead forms uh, have a much higher conversion rate and it's usually about three times better. Wow. Um, I will say the only times, you know, a, a website, the benefits of sending people to a website is that it's a little more sticky mentally because someone's going to click through, they're going to see your branding on the page. They, they, you can probably add some more information between your headlines and maybe a little intro. Maybe there's a video they then watch there. Um, and anytime there's like a question or a drop down that you can't really do in the LinkedIn lead forms, 
that's when a landing page might be better to do. Um, but for the most part, we use LinkedIn lead forms pretty heavily. Um, but website opt-ins are good for when you want that sticky experience and you're willing to pay more for that um, opt-in. Nice, nice. So a uh, quick recap, guys. We've talked about the six tips to scale, and that really boils down to targeting comparisons, your bidding concepts, your creative, understanding the pain point of your audience, your content marketing, and then what kind of form. Those are really the six sort of core areas that you got to have a solid plan for when creating your LinkedIn strategy. What I'm super excited for those of you who stayed on to the end, we have a special offer that Anthony has come up with that I'm super excited. You're going to share with us. Anyone who's listening to the show today is going to get this offer. Anthony, tell us, how can we find out about what this is? So we, we put all these points together in a, a easy PDF. It's called the modern guide to lead generation it kind of shows you start to finish how to set up your funnel, how to choose your lead magnet, and a lot of these best practices. Um, you can go grab that at speedworksocial.com slash guide uh, and download it, check it out, and you'll, you'll get a visual of that funnel and those tips. Okay, one more time. Speedworks, Speedworks Social, no S there, speedworksocial.com forward slash guide. That is the top secret URL to get this hot off the presses guide uh, to really understanding. I mean, there's there's great illustrations. I'm looking at it right now. Your team did a great job putting this guide together. I'm going to totally steal information from this from you and start using it for my clients. Anthony, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show. Happy Friday. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Michael. Happy Friday. All right. Thanks, guys. Again, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.